1 Samuel 23. David was told, Behold, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of Yahweh, saying, Shall I go and strike these Philistines? Yahweh said to David, Go strike the Philistines and save Keilah. David's men said to him, Behold, we are, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more if we go to Keilah against the army of the Philistines? Then David inquired of Yahweh again. And Yahweh answered him and said, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines and brought away their livestock and killed them with a great slaughter. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. When Abiathar the son of Ahimelech fled to David at Keilah, he came with the ephod in his hand. Saul was told that David had come to Keilah, and Saul said, God has delivered him into my hand, for he is shut in by entering into a town that has gates and bars. Saul summoned all the people to war to go to Keilah to besiege David and his men. David knew that Saul was devising mischief against him, and he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring the ephod here. Then David said, O Yahweh the God of Israel, your servant has surely heard that Saul seeks to come to Keilah to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Keilah deliver me up into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? Yahweh the God of Israel, I beg you, tell your servant. Yahweh said he will come down. Then David said, Will the men of Keilah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? Yahweh said, They will deliver you up. Then David and his men, who were about 600, arose and departed out of Keilah and went wherever they could go. Saul was told that David had escaped from Keilah and he gave up going there. David stayed in the wilderness in the strongholds and remained in the hill country in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day, but God didn't deliver him into his hand. David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. David was in the wilderness of Ziph, in the woods. Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. He said to him, Don't be afraid, for the hand of Saul my father won't find you and you will be king over Israel, and I will be next to you, and Saul my father knows that also. They both made a covenant before Yahweh, then David stayed in the woods, and Jonathan went to his house. Then the Ziphites came up to Saul to Gibeah, saying, Doesn't David hide himself with us in the stronghold, in the woods, in the hill of Hakilah, which is on the south of the desert? Now therefore, O king, come down, according to all the desire of your soul to come down, and our part will be to deliver him up to the king's hand. Saul said, You are blessed by Yahweh, for you have had compassion on me. Please go make yet more sure, and know and see his place where his haunt is, and who has seen him there, for I have been told that he is very cunning. See therefore and take knowledge of all the lurking places where he hides himself, and come again to me with certainty, and I will go with you. It shall happen, if he is in the land, that I will search him out among all the thousands of Judah. They arose and went to Ziph before Saul, but David and his men were in the wilderness of Maon, in the Arabah on the south of the desert. Saul and his men went to seek him. When David was told, he went down to the rock and stayed in the wilderness of Maon. When Saul heard that, he pursued David in the wilderness of Maon. Saul went on this side of the mountain, and David on his men on that side of the mountain. And David hurried to get away for fear of Saul. For Saul and his men surrounded David and his men to take them. But a messenger came to Saul saying, Hurry and come, for the Philistines have made a raid on the land. 
So Saul returned from pursuing David and went against the Philistines. Therefore they called that place Selah, Hamalekoth. That's a tricky one. Hamalekoth. David went up from there and lived in the strongholds of En Gedi. So there's a town called Keilah. The Philistines are attacking Keilah. Um, and David inquires of the Lord, shall we go and save them? God says, go. David's men don't want to go because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's dangerous. But so David inquires of the Lord again, and they go and they deliver Keilah. And it's after this that Abiathar, he's the only priest that escaped when all the priests were slaughtered. Abiathar comes and brings with him the ephod. Now the ephod was a thing that usually the high priest would wear, and it was, there was a way of using it to inquire of the Lord. No one really knows how, um, but anyway, somehow they were able to use this thing to talk to the Lord and get answers. And um, so now, usually the king, you know, like king, the king of the country would go to the ephod and inquire of the Lord, but Saul had this checkered history of inquiring with the Lord. We've, there's at least one chapter where Saul called for the ephod to come, but then before it was able to be used, he sent it away. And so Saul has this history of not really wanting to be bothered with asking what the Lord's opinion was, but just wanting to do what he wants. But in this chapter, David actually inquires of the Lord twice, and then the ephod comes. And I thought that was really interesting because um, David is someone who's always inquiring of the Lord. He wants to know what does God want, and so the Lord puts in his hand the means of inquiring of the Lord anytime. Saul is someone who doesn't seem interested in inquiring of the Lord, so God takes away from him the means of inquiring of the Lord. Now, we don't have today any ephods, we've got the, but we don't need an ephod. We've got the same means available to inquire of the Lord that David had. And you notice how David inquired of the Lord twice and he didn't have an ephod. How do you do that? You go to the Lord in prayer and you put your requests before the Lord and you ask him and he knows how to make himself clear to you. The Lord has made his will known to me about things so many times in so many different ways. Now, sometimes you expect he'll answer you a certain way and he doesn't. Sometimes I've sought the Lord for days or weeks. It seems like the Lord's not answering, but then all of a sudden, click, you just suddenly know the Lord has revealed to you. It could be through a scripture you read, it stands out and you just know. Or someone could say something and you just know. Or you have a dream and you just know. There's so many different things that there's lots of different ways. The Lord is capable of making you aware of his will. So all you have to do is seek him and keep seeking him. You don't need any ephod. You don't need any ability except the desire to seek him and to do it. In the New Testament, um, Jesus used to tell these parables. And someone asked him, why do you tell parables? Why don't you just talk in plain language? And Jesus said he spoke in parables because it was for those who were really interested would seek out the meaning. And so this is how it works. When those people who really want to know the Lord's opinion seek him out, he gives to them the ability to know what he's thinking and saying and wants to do. And that's what happens to David. David's someone who inquires of the Lord, so the Lord gives him the ephod, the ability. You need to be someone that seeks the Lord and wants to know his will, and you will find that you are given grace to know the Lord's will. 
This, in this chapter, Jonathan manages to come and visit David in the desert, and it's the last time they ever see each other. Now, someone said, how is it possible that Saul is chasing David all over the desert, chapter after chapter, <laughs> can never catch him, but Jonathan just goes down to the desert and has this meeting with him? Well, it's really simple. Jonathan goes on his own, and Saul was always hearing rumors, oh, David's in this town, or David's in that town. Well, Jonathan's hearing the same information. Jonathan just goes on his own. And because he's an individual on his own, he's no threat. But when Saul went, he would take a giant big army with him of like 3,000 soldiers. So you would see a giant big group like that coming, and you would hide, you'd dodge them, you'd avoid. But an individual on their own, well, that's Jonathan. He just, he hears David's in this area, and he goes down and he meets him. It's really not that complicated. And so Jonathan and David meet, they renew their covenant. Jonathan clearly does not expect to die because he says to David that, you know, you will rule on the throne and I will rule with you. He thinks they're going to be together after his father dies, but he doesn't realize that he's going to die with his father and David doesn't know it either. So this is the last time they'll ever meet and neither of them knows it. They're surprised. And that's one of the things that makes David so sad in, in 1 Samuel 31 when he writes that lament for Saul and Jonathan. Now, I just want to mention something here, that God was doing something new in Israel. So Saul was the original plan. Now, it was what the people wanted, not what God wanted. But then the, Lord, the Holy Spirit anointed David to do something different. He said, this leader has the heart of God in him. Now, sometimes in the body of Christ... God go, moves on and does a new thing. We're not saying that he's rejected the old thing like he rejects Saul, but sometimes the Lord comes to do a new thing, but sometimes there are good people who stick with the old thing and do not embrace the new thing. Now, Jonathan stuck with his dad. He loved David, but he didn't go with David. Jonathan could just as easily have left his dad and gone to work with David, just like 600 soldiers did, but he didn't. We don't know why he didn't, and maybe he felt family loyalty. We're not really sure. Um, maybe you know his life wasn't in danger, so he didn't have to go traipsing around the desert. We're not really sure what the reason is, but I know that ultimately he lost his life because of that. If Jonathan had left and given full loyalty to David, he would have been with David at the end. So there's, there is a bit of a lesson in that, that when the Lord does something new, um, go with it fully. You might love it, you might agree that it's right, but give yourself to it. And you will find that the best outcomes in your life come out of that. So Saul continues to chase David around the desert. There's one point here where he's getting very close. <laughs> There's a mountain and David's on one side and Saul's on the other and, you know, they're trying to catch each other. He's getting very close, but messengers come and Saul has to return. The Lord does that. The Lord protects his people. And, and some people would say, well, why would the Lord put David in that difficult place in the, in the, in the beginning? Like, why wouldn't God just deliver David so completely that he never even had that problem? That's a great question. And the truth is, he does do that type of thing. You think about it for a minute. Have you ever been chased by someone wanting to kill you? No. Well, the Lord delivered you from that. <laughs> it's just you didn't know about it because the Lord didn't. The Lord's put his hand upon your life and you haven't gone through so many things. The Lord has delivered you from all those things. 
And that is mostly what the Lord does. We have no idea what the Lord has spared us from. But sometimes the Lord lets us go through things and the Lord spares us in the situation rather than from the situation. And that's also really good. That's also his mercy. And it's through that type of a thing that we learn to trust him more. So God knows when to spare us completely and when to spare us in a situation. The Lord's wisdom is always the wisest. The Lord is always the best. And at the end of this chapter, it says he went up to the strongholds of En Gedi, a fabulous, fabulous place. I want to visit there myself one day and I'll talk to you more about it in the next chapter. Lord, I ask you to bless all those who've listened to me today. Lord, I pray that the hand of God had come upon them. Lord, we want to be people that walk like Christ did, with the heart of David in us, a heart after God. Lord, we see, we acknowledge so easily how David was like, was like all the things we want, and yet we so struggle to be like it, with worldliness embedded into our heart like a cancer. Lord, forgive us. I ask, Lord, that you would take a hold of us and raise us up. And Lord, I bless everyone listening to this video today. I, I ask your power to be upon them, Lord. Raise them up for service, for godliness, for righteousness. Your power upon them in Jesus' name. Amen.